Attention. This podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd. And go. Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. I'm Mike. I'm Wendy. And it's our Missing Monday. Yeah. On a Tuesday. Exactly. We apologize for not having an episode out two weeks ago because we were not feeling well. I was fine. You're a liar. It started with you. (laughs) I looked up this um, generator. It's an excuse generator. That way, we don't have to think of one. We'll Uh, just pull from the generator. Really? There's a red, yellow, and blue column. What does that mean? What are you saying? What? So pick a number one through ten. Okay, seven. Okay, seven. Now pick a number one through ten for the yellow column. Four. And for the blue column. Three. Seven, four, three. I was minding my own business and boom, my ex won't stop telling me knock-knock jokes. Wow. That's disturbing. Or, here's another one. (laughs) Please forgive my absence. A professional cricket team gave me syphilis. Ew. (laughs) We're not going to tell them people that. (laughs) Here's another one. I feel terrible, but the ghost of Hitler died in front of me. Interesting. Yeah, I could totally believe that. How about this? I can't go because a sad clown just shit the bed. Oh, These are great excuses. I don't know that they are, but congratulations on that one. This is going to sound like an excuse. A high school marching band stole my bicycle. Oh, that sounds like a lie because they are a marching band. Now they're a bicycling band. Okay, that makes them clowns. So there's a lot of editing. (laughs) I lied. Yeah, you did lie. (laughs) And we're back. So this story is a really sad story. Not that the other ones aren't sad. They're all sad. But this one is actually over in the United Kingdom. It is, yeah. I could not find a lot of stuff on this that I thought I would be able to find. Yeah, it's a short story. It's about Matthew O'Reilly. Well, he goes by either Matthew Riley. Or Matthew O'Reilly. So, a lot of times looking it up, it was both. Like, I would have to look under the last name Riley, but also the last name O'Reilly. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the news coverage, I couldn't I couldn't access it anymore. Like, they had taken it all offline. Hmm. On January the 13th, 1999, Tim and Jackie Riley were eating breakfast in their home located at Barnstaple. Barnstaple is a Riverport town located in North Devon, which is in southern England and is about an hour and 47 minutes from Bristol and a little under four hours from London. 
As they were eating breakfast, they heard their front door open and latch as it was being pulled closed by their son, Matthew Riley. Hearing the door close, Jackie got up to tell Matthew bye, but when she opened the door, he was already disappearing around a wall at the end of their street. Now, this was an uncommon behavior for Matthew, who usually would take a daily walk and leave without saying goodbye to his parents. Unfortunately for Tim and Jackie, they would never have another opportunity to see or speak to Matthew ever again. Expecting Matthew to be gone for only about an hour or so, Tim and Jackie began to worry when he didn't return after several hours. By the next morning, it was quickly discovered that Matthew still wasn't home, which prompted his parents to call the police and report him missing. So let's talk a little bit about Matthew. Matthew was born on April 5th, 1969 to Tim and Jackie Riley. He was an abstract artist that attended college in Bath. After unsuccessfully trying to set up a studio after college, he ended up moving back home and lived with his parents. Even though he did reside in the same address as his parents, he lived in an independent lifestyle and would usually eat separate from them. Even though he was preparing for an upcoming art exhibit, Matthew's father stated that he had been feeling down around the time of his disappearance. This is mainly due to his art not selling, but he had also just recently had a viral infection that he was still recovering from. And this could have contributed to him not feeling great. Yeah, sometimes it takes a minute to get better. Tim described his son as well-behaved growing up. He also described him as a thoughtful person with a great sense of humor. He did tend to be very private and wasn't the type of person to wear his emotions on his sleeve. So it's hard to tell kind of what he was thinking sometimes. Mm -hmm. Tim did discover that Matthew had received 400 pounds in the mail right before Christmas from his uncle, which Tim thought was unusual. Tim believes the money may have been for an art piece, which Matthew then may have used to get out of town and take a break to de-stress. A little bit about the disappearance. Once Matthew's parents phoned the police to report him missing, a full investigation was launched. The authorities even used heat-seeking technology to search for him to see if maybe he was hiding or if they could possibly find a body. However, no trace of Matthew has ever been found. Now, when I looked Barnstaple up, like on a map, it seems to be a very busy location. So I I couldn't find if maybe he had a favorite park he went to or I'm, I'm just not schooled in. I don't know how you would use those items to find somebody in a busy area yeah, where there are like people. There'd, there'd be a lot of heat signatures there. Yeah. And maybe they were looking, you know, around the water and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Perhaps. I'm not sure either. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it is a, a sea town. The family was very obviously devastated by Matthew's disappearance. Every year on Matthew's birthday and at Christmas and even New Year's, both parents would leave cards out for Matthew in expectation of his return. Once each date passed, they would move the card to the ever-rising pile in his bedroom, which has been left just as Matthew left it in 1999. And I saw where they had, at first they were buying him gifts for his birthday and stuff like that. And then, you know, after time had passed, they resorted to just getting the cards and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And one of the things that I noted in so in a lot of the articles is like his bedroom's not, um, they didn't leave it as a shrine to him or anything of that nature. They just left it how he left it. And they would go in, they would clean up, they'd air it out so that whenever he came home, everything was as he left it. In 2009, two documentary style videos posted on YouTube by Vinyl Films shows Tim walking around the family home discussing Matthew's disappearance. He's discussing his artwork, and he's discussing the ways the family has coped with his disappearance throughout the years. 
Both videos are, are less than eight minutes, and in one, Tim shows a handwritten note that he leaves taped to his front door of the family home that reads, Welcome home, Matthew. Ring the bell. That is absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, you should watch the videos, too. I mean, they really are sad, but it gives you... It's very good, though. They're very well done. They are very well done, yes. He also discusses how it would be the best thing if he were to wake up one night to Matthew ringing the bell, standing on the doorstep. And at one point, he was even saying, I don't even care where he's been at this point. It doesn't matter how long it is. I just want to know that he's okay. Yeah. According to Tim, throughout his disappearance, lots of things have occurred that Matthew has missed and may not be aware of, like his sister's wedding, uh, the birth of her first child in 2008, and his mother's passing. Jackie's death due to inoperable brain cancer was, according to Tim, a horrible death, and it was even more awful when he was unable to answer one of her last questions. Where's Matthew? Tim also discusses how Jackie would spend hours sending out appeals and sticking up posters anywhere she could. In one letter that's numbered 2,274, Jackie writes to a grocery store requesting permission to hang up Matthew's missing persons poster. Unfortunately, not one of her requests received a single response back. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and that was like, I don't know, that just happened to be one of the ones he pulled out of the pile. It was not the last one. 2,274. And nobody responded? Yeah, because she sent a letter... She was wanting to hang pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And because um, they do things a little different over there, like compared to how we're used to be- things being done. And she wasn't going to, she didn't send the poster with it. She sent the letter. And then if they said it was okay, she's going to send a poster. They just ignored it. I guess. Around 2008 and 2009, when Tim was given interviews to local news outlets, he shared that he has calls from his home forwarded to his cell phone due to an incident That occurred while he was recovering from an operation. So after having hip surgery, his home phone began ringing. Due to having the hip surgery, he was moving a little bit slower than usual. Once he finally made it to the phone and picked it up, like it was ringing all the way till he got to it. Nobody was there. Tim believed for years that that call could have been Matthew and stated, missing that call caused me a bit of grief for a while. It breaks my heart. Just one one phone call. That's it. Like that one phone call could have just been a solicitor. Mm-hmm. Oh. There was a possible sighting of Matthew, and it was a year after he went missing. Someone that knew Matthew says he spotted him at a service station on the M5. Not realizing that Matthew was even missing, he didn't say anything about seeing him until two months later. But even with the sighting, it turned up nothing. And honestly... Did he see him? You know, that's one of my big questions. Yes. If he didn't actually speak to him, people have, you know, sometimes you think you saw somebody and you didn't. Yeah. But then maybe he did see him. And I feel like this is what kept his parents going. Right. Tim did admit that something bad may have happened to Matthew, but he felt that if he was dead, they would have found out about it by now because it'd been so long. He really believes that maybe he went back to Bath or even to Spain because he loved it there. At the time of his disappearance, Matthew, who also likes to be called O'Reilly, was a 29-year-old Caucasian male. He is described as having a well-proportioned build, standing at 5'11", with short, dark brown hair and brown eyes. If you have any information about if you have any information about where Matthew is living or you just know that he is okay, please contact the Missing Persons Helpline. This is international. 0500 
700700. And unfortunately, that's that's all we have about him. It makes you wonder, yeah, like if something bad happened to him. Yeah, he just. Or if he just walked away. But how could you walk away and just not ever speak to your family again? I don't know. Well, the fact that he was getting over something viral, I mean, he really could have. Maybe he wasn't over it. Maybe he was still sick. And something happened while he was out. And I don't know. That's so stressful. It's that unknowing. And his mom, all the way until she died, was sending letters out and trying to hang posters up. And the dad always leaving that letter on that door. Y'all watch that video. He is precious. Yeah, I wonder if the dad is still alive. So that video was... He was pretty old in the video. Yeah. Like, from what I could find, I think the last thing was 2009. So, and the very last article states that it's assumed that he's passed already. Yeah. And that was 2009. So that's all we have. No, I'm terrible at ending it. I know, it is terrible. I don't know what to say. It's so bad. It's just, it's sad. It is very sad. Well, you guys, we'll see you in two weeks. Don't forget to like us, love us, rate us, review us. You can even chew us out with five stars because we missed our our drop last year. Yeah, last time. Sorry. Yeah, five stars for missing the drop. Yeah, five stars means good and bad. It does. Mm -hmm. If you give me five stars, it means that I suck. Do it. (laughs) Well, until next time, you guys. Call your parents. Oh, yeah. Call your big fat granny. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. You should probably call her, too. All right, you guys. Bye. Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true, monsters are real, and the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.